I don't think that's necessarily a concern. But anyway, turn your Bibles, if you will, to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis 41, and we'll start reading in verse 53. Verse 53 here in uh, chapter 41. And the seven years of plentiness that was in the land of Egypt were ended, and the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you, do. And the famine was, off, was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses, and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph, for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all lands. Uh, I will be continuing uh, my dad's study today. On the seven years of dearth, uh, he first told told me about uh, this lesson, and he asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. He said uh, he thought it would fit me pretty well, which, uh, which I was complimented by that. But it is the seven years of dearth, after all. I was I was kind of envious of the uh, plentiness years, but uh, there's a lot of lessons here that tie into uh, my lesson in Daniel about a month or so back. I don't time is weird, so. Uh, there's a lot of lessons in uh, the and being prepared here that we'll be looking at, and the preparedness of Joseph here. We see first off that things came to pass exactly how Joseph was led to interpret them uh, in Pharaoh's dream. If we go back a couple of verses and uh, back to verse 26 in our text here in this chapter, uh, we see uh, Joseph's original interpretation of the dream. Uh, the seven good kind are seven years. And the seven good years are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. Uh, we see that uh, and the last lesson in this text that we, uh, we had last Wednesday, that Joseph was that man that uh, Joseph foretold Pharaoh would need to appoint. Uh, and we see that after the years of plentiness, after the years of, of gathering and storing food, uh, they are sustained by God's blessings. And that is our one point today. I think it's a pretty great point. Uh, Joseph was in a way on loan to the land of Egypt here. Uh, and this is a picture that, we, that we've been seeing up until this point with how he got to this position after going through prison and everything, but we see that he is uh, on loan to Egypt in the sense that 
he he's from another land, and he's here bringing blessings, bringing these interpretations, uh, and ultimately bringing salvation in a sense to the people of Egypt at this time. Uh, we see uh, all of the things that Egypt that Joseph said would come to pass, and Egypt came to pass. Uh, but we also see in the text that it wasn't just Egypt that was faced with this famine. However, it was all the earth. And it wasn't just Egypt that was sustained by storehouses, but rather we see in the last verse of our text that all countries came into Egypt to Joseph to buy corn. Uh, this is very interesting to me because we, in the last chapter, or not the last chapter, but the last lesson rather, uh, we never saw at any point uh, the, them storing and them going through the math to supply it to all countries. We rather saw that they were going through it to supply it to all nations. Uh, but in a sense, this preparedness was blessed uh, by God in the way that uh, it supplied not just to the people of Egypt, but his grace went out into all countries here. Uh, and Joseph was able to uh, supply toward to them through this bread. Uh, we see that the lands near to Egypt, Canaan and Syria, Canaan, Syria, and Arabia are likely the ones that uh, came here to, to benefit from the storehouses that they had here. Uh, but it could have been countries from uh, further than that, certainly. Uh, the promise of the seven years of plenty as well as the seven years of dearth was delivered uh, to Pharaoh for Egypt. There's nothing in the dream speaking to uh, these needs, uh, as I just mentioned. Uh, and this is part of the overarching picture uh, of Joseph as as a parable of sorts, or in a comparison here to uh, Jesus. We see uh, this, this matter of him being on loan, but we will return to that point later. Uh, Dr. Henry Morris wrote on this subject that uh, Joseph maintained strict control over the supplies in order to prevent looting and waste, knowing that even the vast supplies that had been accumulated would have to be carefully husbanded to last through seven long years of famine. He then sold them for a reasonable price and on an equitable basis to all who were in need of grain. Had it been given away, it would have rewarded indolence and short-sightedness. Furthermore, the grain has been acquired by lawful and fair means by devoting most of the government's taxing and buying power to it for seven years. To give it away would have meant bankrupting and probably destroying uh, the government. Uh, this is uh, fascinating to me. This is one of the fine points that's going on in the background of this text that we see here as uh, not only is God uh, being gracious and uh, warning, and then Joseph is uh, preparing them in uh, this sense, and they have more than they were even prepared to have, but beyond that, this is uh, God providing and saving the economy of Egypt, uh, even through the means of doing this. Any other way they would have done it, it would have collapsed. Uh, it's, it's funny how God's way is always the most successful. What do I mean by that? I mean uh, in the sense that uh, had they not bought the corn and the grain from all of these people, the people wouldn't have had the money to buy it back. And had they just given it freely, Egypt would have run out of money entirely uh, from the investment in the corn and uh, the grain and all of the preparedness for this. Uh, we apply this a little bit more to today in the next part of our notes. Uh, the population thus got by on... Um, the population thus got by on only one-fourth of what had been available during the seven good years. These proportions constitute a remarkable testimony to both the overwhelming abundance which God had provided during the first seven years and also to the exceptional efficiency of Joseph's management of the gradually dwindling stories of grain, 
uh, stores of grain during the last seven years. Uh, we see that God works through Joseph, not just in the means of him interpreting the visions, uh, but in the means of him interpreting uh, in this math, as you see here, of what to store in the storehouses and how to do it and how much to pay for it, and then charging a fair wage after it, uh, that it kept Egypt afloat, which, as we see in the text before here, that this wasn't even one of Pharaoh's concerns. Uh, verse uh, 39, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Uh, thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and he put a gold chain about his neck and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had and they cried before him bowed the knee and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt uh, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph I am Pharaoh and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt and we see Pharaoh continue on there uh, but Pharaoh never takes the time to tell him uh, to watch out for the economy, to watch out for uh, how much you spend on this. We see immediately Pharaoh sets Joseph in front of things, and Joseph uh, takes care of things, and uh, that matter. To say that Joseph was uh, blessed only with uh, the ability to interpret dreams would be, uh, be an insult to God, honestly. It would be uh, an insult to uh, how God used Joseph and how perfect God's plan here was with Joseph. Uh, we see the provisions for the people in this manner. Uh, people can, when they have to, get by quite well on far less than they are accustomed to during good times. God has graciously promised to supply, to supply all our needs, but not necessarily all our wants. And that was once again uh, part of a quote from Dr. Henry Morris. Uh, and speaking on this subject, I think we can apply that lesson to today. Uh, the idea that these people were put in a circumstance where... Uh, they were paid this money for the grain and the corn, uh, and they had to save that money of themselves. As the government was taking it upon themselves to save in the storehouses, to save food for, food for everyone, uh, the people had to save for themselves. That way they would use it in the time of need during these seven years of famine. Uh, turn, if you will, to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, um, we'll start reading in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding ye have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, we see especially in that last verse, verse 19 there, uh, supplication coming from the Lord uh, in this sense. And this is the sort of supplication delivered unto the people here in Egypt here as we um, once again seek to make a comparison between uh, Jesus uh, and Joseph here. We see that 
Joseph was on loan to the people of Egypt. Uh, he was sent uh, with this mission. He was supplied by God uh, to interpret the vision, to care for the people, to organize mathematical system that supplied to the economy uh, and beyond the economy as it extended not just in all of Egypt but out into other countries as well. We see uh, in this example that uh, Jesus was in a way on loan to the earth, specifically the nation of Israel from the kingdom of heaven in the same sense that uh, Joseph was on loan to Egypt uh, but supplied to all of these countries that came to him. Jesus was uh, sent to Israel but then supplied his grace through all of earth. I think that's a very interesting comparison to be made here. Uh, but thinking once again to verse 19 here uh, in Philippians chapter 4, we see that specifically to close at this point, uh, God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we see that's what he's doing for the people here. He's making them uh, rely on this system that his man, Joseph, has established for them. Uh, and he's bringing Egypt to the point in which they have to, they have to follow this lead. Uh, the promise... Uh, lost my place. We see here that uh, Joseph has been uh, prepared of the Lord uh, and prepared more than even Joseph knew to his knowledge. It's, uh, it's interesting to speculate at what point Joseph started realizing as, as all of these people were coming in, uh, and not to question the faith of Joseph for a second, but when did he realize that all of these countries were coming in and God was so good unto him that he was able to supply? Uh, I think that's, that's just an amazing thing. Uh, I admire the preparedness. I admire the, uh, the, the faith there. Uh, looking into some certain words in our text here, uh, if we go back to our text in Genesis chapter 41, We consider the word dearth. Uh, this word dearth is the same word translated as famine in the rest of our uh, short piece of text, and it has implication in its definition uh, to a starvation of God's word. It's used in other places in scripture uh, to describe that. Considering that much further, uh, we can apply this to today in America, uh, where uh, we know God supplieth our needs, and God sees fit, as God sees fit uh, through God's will for us, uh, but we live in times where uh, our wants might not be in his will to be satisfied, in a way. Uh, and that's more than okay, because we're not of this land. We're ambassadors of a higher land. Uh, God is caring for us in the way that uh, God sees fit. Uh, but to consider here, uh, specifically the seven years of famine, of uh, this word dearth also meaning uh, lack of God's word, uh, starvation for it rather more than just a lack of a starvation of the people for God's word this them being made fully reliant on him I believe that we can once again consider this as uh, a pair a parody to Jesus in the way that he was on loan to the earth in the way that the famine of our starvation for God's word also applies uh, it is very interesting that the writer states specifically that they cried out for bread we see that in our verses here uh, Right about verse, verse 54. And the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said, and the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread. And 
uh, you can read the rest of the verse there. We see that they're crying out uh, for bread, and it's particularly interesting that we see that here. And John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 32. We'll have to say this, it's a little unrelated, but on the subject of preparedness, uh, I don't know how my dad puts his outlines together in such a way. This is the most prepared I've ever been for anything. Uh, he helped me work on this, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, but John chapter 6, verse 32, and we'll read through uh, verse 40. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that leaveth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. We see once again in this text, uh, the people crying for this bread. This time the bread, uh, which is Jesus, which is bread that, uh, he is the bread of life, as we see in this text. Uh, but once again, we see room to make a comparison between this and uh, Joseph. We see that, uh, that Jesus specifically uh, point out, this is the Father's will which sent him, uh, that of all that he's been given, uh, that he should lose nothing but raise it up again on the last day. We see very similar things for uh, Joseph, not to get ahead of ourselves in Joseph's story, uh, but we see specifically right now that uh, this is what God has supplied him. God has supplied him with the uh, interpretation of Pharaoh's dream and now supplied him with preparedness to uh, supply for the people. Uh, but once again, as we see at the beginning of this verse, uh, which I love, that we, we see Jesus point out that uh, Moses did not give this bread of God to the people, but God, the Father, gave this bread to the people. Once again, this is the situation in Egypt in our text, uh, back in Genesis 41. We see that this is uh, Joseph on loan from God, but the bread is not from Joseph, nor is the bread from the people, for the bread, the, the corn uh, and the grain would not have been stored if not for God and God's grace unto them and the country surrounding them. Uh, we have one more quote from Matthew Henry as we uh, round the bases on closing. I told you we wouldn't get anywhere close to 90 minutes. <laughs> but uh, we ought to look forward to the end of the days, both of our prosperity and of our opportunity. We must not be secure in prosperity, nor slothful in making good use of opportunity. Years of plenty will end. What thy hand finds to do, do it, and gather and gathering time. The dearth came, and the famine was not only in Egypt, but in other lands. Joseph was diligent in laying up while the plenty lasted. He was prudent and careful in giving out when the famine came. Let these events lead us to Jesus. There is a famine of the bread of life throughout the whole earth. Go to Jesus and what he bids you do. Attend to his voice. Apply to him. He will open his treasures and satisfy with goodness 
the hungry soul of every age and nation, without money and without price. But those who slight this provision must starve, and his enemies will be destroyed. Praise God. At this time, uh, we're going to go into our uh, regular uh, Wednesday prayer service. Uh, I'll go, and then uh, Brother David, you can carry it on, and we'll go like normal, all the way up to Brother Charlie.